This is Right From The Deep. I'm Karen Ball. And I'm Erin Taylor-Young. And this is the podcast from writers for writers, answering the question, why am I doing this? Right. As writers, editors, and a former literary agent, we're in the deep with you, encouraging you and equipping you to find your truest story in the deep places. Get our show notes and more, including a free audio download on how to safeguard your writer's heart at writefromthedeep.com. Hey guys, there's some fun things happening at Right From The Deep World, so here you go. Right, I am excited to be teaching at the West Coast Christian Writers Conference. That'll be February 25th through 27th in 2021, so next year. And it's going to be online, so you don't have to buy a plane ticket. I'll be doing two sessions, podcasting to build your platform, and did God really ask you to write? You can find out more information at the website, westcoastchristianwriters.com. And thanks, as always, to all of our patrons on Patreon. Yes. Special thanks to our November sponsor of the month, Tammy Partlow. Yay, Tammy! She's a writer and speaker at Women's Retreats. Her book, Blood Beneath the Pines, is a tale of prevailing justice set mostly in the Deep South. Learn more about Tammy at her website, Tammy Partlow, T-A-M-M-Y-P-A-R-T-L-O-W.com. Yay! And now... Here's the show. show. Welcome, listeners. We are so glad you have joined us today on The Deep, and we have a guest, Tamara Alexander. Yay! And of course, we'll let Karen do the introductions. As many of you know, Tamara Alexander is a best-selling, award-winning author of wonderful Southern historical novels. Many of her Southern works are based on true stories, such as the families who built and lived at two of the most popular Southern plantations in Tennessee, Carton and Bell Mead. Both plantations are popular tourist attractions, and Tammy has had the great joy and honor of conducting reader weekends and tours in both places. Someday, I'm going to go get me on one of them, their tours. <laughs> As a true Southerner. Tammy writes what she knows, and that authenticity just shines in her work, as does her faith in God. Her greatest hope is that when a reader turns that final page, she prays they will have taken a step closer to Christ. Tammy and her husband and their two rambunctious Australian terriers, who really are as adorable as it gets, make their home in Nashville. So, Tammy, welcome. Hey, gals. Thank you so much, Karen and Erin. This is wonderful to be with y'all again. And um, I'm just grateful. I'm grateful for all you do and grateful to be with you. Thank you. We're thankful to have you again. And so um, what we want to know now today, what does Mm -hmm. the deep mean to you? Mm, it means something quite different and maybe even deeper than it was when we talked earlier this year. When we talked earlier this year, I had no idea what was coming, which is quite, you know, that is normal in the in the Christian walk. You don't know what's coming, right. but God does, and um, which that truth was a real uh, buoying factor for me. What happened was my book, Colors of Truth, was scheduled to release uh, this spring, and it was delayed until July of 2020. And then on shipment date, when all the books were supposed to ship, they'd already been printed and all that, I get a call from my publisher, and they have decided to delay the book yet again. And there were concerns over the Southern setting, 
um, which it is. It is about Carnton, an antebellum mansion. The story ranges from right during this mid-Civil War to the end of the Civil War and then 10 years after. So definitely within the Civil War and the antebellum era, and you may remember back then, not so much now, but back during the summer, there was a lot of uh, rioting and Civil War sites were being you know, attacked and right, um, right. all the statues to Statues defamed. torn down, yeah. Yeah, so there, were, there was a lot of concern for that. And um, The Colors of Truth, the actual title was also, which that wasn't my original title, but that's the one that we came to, to settle upon. So long story short then, so they delay, I try to talk about it. I look at this and I think, you know, history is history and right. we do not need to try to pussyfoot around it. Let's just, a lot of history is sinful because guess what? We are sinful. <laughs> our, our ancestors were sinful. Our descendants will be sinful. We are right. sinful creatures at our core. So I thought, don't try to whitewash it. Don't try to make it what it's not, which is their right. They said no, and they and they decided to you know to delay it again. But then um, I get a call, not probably three weeks later, and they called with a specific request for me to change portions of the history of the book. Hmm. And I tell you what, God had done a work in me last year that I am not proud of. I was just hmm. at Carnton this past Sunday and shared this story. And I've shared it with readers before, but we really it ended up being a wonderful conversation at Carnton this Sunday. So what they did was they asked me to change, and I'll get back to what happened a year ago in just a second, um, okay. but they asked me to change the history. And you know, we were on a Zoom call and it lasted for probably a couple of hours, but nothing within me really wavered. You know, I, I listened and I truly thought, okay, Lord, if, if there's really something here that I need to address, show me and show me, show me, show me. And I had already camped in Psalm 139 about, um, you know, show me my wicked way. If there's anything right, in, me right. in my book that needs right. to be changed, let me know and, and you know, reveal that to me. So long story short, I just decided I could not, you know, I just said, I cannot change the history. I work with the curators. I work with historians to get the history right, to tell the right history and to take away the struggle of some of the freedmen and women from that era and make them agents of their story six months right. after, after the Civil War for a 74-year-old woman who'd been a slave all <laughs> of her life and asking me to do things to her and for her and change her character. And keep in mind, there were already two books in this series that were published. Right. I just, I couldn't do it. So I said, you know, I'm sorry. I said, I just, I cannot do this. And that's when they said, well, you know, we cannot take this book. We, mm. we will not take this book. So there was an odd pause. An awkward yeah. pause. Because <laughs> what know? does that really mean? Like, what is that, right. What does that, what does that mean? You, you're, you know, and they said, bottom line, we just don't think this book will sell not in this current culture. And I said, okay. So bottom line is they canceled it. So what does that mean? That means the book is, it's canceled. It's it's like they never took it. They just canceled, you know, um, it's just canceled. And I had book three already, you know, that I had signed with them, but they let me know that that book three is also canceled as well. Mm. So it definitely left me a little bit spinning. I mean, literally, you know, you just feel feel the rug kind of pulled out. Right, from, right. 
and you're kind of, um, I have a group of, of women that, and I'm close to a lot of writers, but there's a, there's a specific group of women. And some of y'all, um, you, you know, you may know, I, I call it the Coeur d'Alene group, you know, the Coeur d'Alene yeah. women. And Karen, you are part of that. And we meet every, every summer and share, but throughout the year, we also have an email loop, just, you know, just us. And, and they are really my prayer warriors. And I did not share with writer groups widely about this at all, but I definitely shared with that group for them to come alongside me and to, to give me wisdom. So as I was going through this, because what I told you in like three or four minutes, you know, that was really months. It was several, several weeks of going through this and and working through it. But they really helped me to stay grounded. But I tell you, that's a, it did leave me reeling. And if I, you know, and if you go back, I, I made a video for my readers. I made one as soon as I found out about the delay. And it was really odd because when I, you know, you'll make notes before you make a video. And I did just little, little bullet points. Okay, I want to cover this, cover this, cover this. And I had not intended in that video to say anything about, you know, some of you are writing, asking me, are you frantically having to change the novel and rewrite it? And of course I said, no, no. And which I planned to say that what I didn't plan on saying, but what came out was my publisher is not even asking me to, you know, to make that change. And at the time they hadn't. And I honestly, it blew me away, just blew me away that this would even happen. So but it did. So the next video I made, I think I was a little bit, a little bit more <laughs> shell-shocked. I was, still, I was still processing it, quite honestly, gals. I yeah. was still processing it myself. And and I don't name my publisher by, by name. It's not hard to find out. You know, they published the first two books right. in the series. But this is not about them. And it's truly not anymore. For a while there, of course, it was just sorting out all of the details with them. But I want you guys to know that uh, several of us in this group of writers offered to go beat people up for Tammy, and she wouldn't <laughs> let us do it. So. No, not even, not even. Oh, gosh, no. So, um, But anyway, it was a real faith-building experience for me, I must say, and I am way better now, you know, <laughs> right, right when we're speaking now, than I was then. It's not that I didn't think God was in the midst of it. I just didn't know what he was doing. I just had no idea what he was doing. And so I had a very quick indie publishing, you know, crash course, because I was determined to meet the October date. And I found out about this, it was right at the first of September. So I had roughly a month to learn how to indie publish and to do all of that. So here's again, this is the awkward thing is you are in the middle of this contract with a publisher. You're Mm -hmm. trying to meet, you know, you're trying to keep an open mind to do what they see is the best thing for the book. And then at the same time, you're trying to do what you see as the best thing for the book. And then you've got your readers that you're, you're trying to deal with because you want to meet their expectations. And I'm just sitting here trying to picture you on a video call to tell your readers that they don't want the book that they want. You know, right, that's, right. That's, that's a very, very tricky place for an author to be in. You don't want to badmouth anybody. But how did you sort that out and and be true to to what you thought was right and honor everyone you could? (laughs) Well, and you know, and this is where I think I'll take us back to last year because um, this is what happened last year. Uh, This was latter March of 2019. 
I had already been writing the book and my dad, he had had dementia for about a decade and he was entering his last months. We knew they were his last months, but you know, with dementia, you never know. Uh, and, And we had had like false alarms. This is it. Well, no, it's really not. And, um, so as far as the progression of that, of that particular disease, but in March, Kelsey and I were going to go on a trip. So I knew I was going to have a two week chunk where I would not be writing. But my agent called and she said, your publisher is wanting to know where you are on the book. You know, it it would have been due in uh, December and uh, dad ended up passing in August. So, and that's another whole part of this book was that I was writing this book in the midst of that last year with him, which was just full of so many blessings. And so many of our moments ended up making it into the book, which was Mm -hmm. just, again, it's just such a God thing. So they call and they ask, where are you in the book? And I was very much behind. I was not where my personal writing schedule needed to be. And I said, I'm at 15,000 words. And my editor said, you're at 50,000 words? You've only got 50,000 words? (laughs) And I knew in that moment, I thought, I should say, no, you misheard me. It's even worse. Um, (laughs) But what I did, gals, is I said, yes. I said, yes, that's that's what I've got. Because I knew, I thought, in my mind, I thought, I'm going to count my notes. And all the notes, you know, that adds up to it too. No, no, it's it's a lie. I only had 15,000 words. Well, the worst thing, make matters worse, literally, I'm packing to go on this trip. I mean, I'll be headed to the airport in about six hours. She asks, she said, let's see, go ahead and send it to me and we'll see what you've got and we'll share it with the publisher. The publisher wanted to see what I had. Well, at that point, I knew, I thought, and I just felt horrible. I already felt horrible. I had already confessed to my family. I was in tears and I'll I'll be honest, I hated to leave dad. I'm thinking, what if he dies while I'm gone on this trip? I don't need to be going on, on this trip. And gals, the trip as God would have it, was to the Holy Land. (laughs) I lie to my agent about how much I have done on this book. And little do I know, and this doesn't excuse me at all, so don't hear me saying that, but another author had done that the previous year. Oh, dear. (laughs) So they were attuned to this, and they said, we have found that you authors sometimes give the truth scope. Yeah. And, I think, and I said, I think that's a nice definition for the term lie. And yeah. it is. I heard someone this morning in, in BSF, we were talking about Abraham or Abram and Sarai at the time before God changed their names. Do you remember when, when Abram lied right. about Sarai? You know, he said, oh, she's my sister. She's uh-huh. my sister. Uh-huh. Well, she was his half sister. So he based the lie in truth. But someone said, well, it was a half-truth. And I said, but the thing is, the thing is with the Lord God, you go back. And that's what I did is I finished writing Colors of Truth, Colors of Truth. And I looked at every scripture in the Word of God, both Old and New Testament, that dealt with truth, that dealt with honesty and authenticity. There is no half anything. There's no half lie. There's no half truth. There is falsehood. There is lying. And there is truth. And there is authenticity and realness. And oh my goodness. So 
I call my publisher, I call my agent, I ask for their forgiveness, but I'm on my way to the airport and they're like, you know, we get it, we get it. You were stressed and, you know, understand. We just go and go on the trip and we'll, you know, we'll sort it all out. And we know you're good for it, <laughs> you know, as far as the book and everything. But I needed with my personal schedule to be much farther ahead than I was. So I go on the trip and don't you know that every turn it felt like in that trip, I, God met me with justice and righteousness and truth and falsehood. I mean, there were so many times literally during that trip that I was just on my knees mm-hmm. at En Gedi, mm-hmm. on the field where David slew, you know, Goliath near the tomb of Jesus. I mean, where you just, and I thought, oh my word, Lord, you are just tilling my heart, but it needed to be tilled because in that moment when I decided and it's all a decision I've heard, and I've heard myself, I've heard myself say it, is that, you know, I didn't intend to lie, or I, I didn't really mean to do it. Yeah, I did. And yes, you did. We don't, you know, and I know Paul says, you know, the things that I know I should do, I don't do, and the things that I don't want to do are the things I do. I so get that. I yep. so, and I lived it. But I got to tell you, all right, so speed ahead. Now God is dealing with me in this book, Colors of Truth, that is all about lies we tell ourselves, lies we tell to each other, and lies we tell to God. Yeah. Wow. Good luck with that last one, by the way. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but I tell you what, my mind was kind of blown once when I was in, um, this was fall now, so I'd already said, you know, I'd already said goodbye to dad. We walked him home in just um, a 10 second. God was so good in that he let me be by dad's bedside with my brother and my stepmom, um, Esta, and we were with him when dad breathed his last, and I was able to be with mom when she breathed her last, and that was just such a such a blessing. And I tell you what, you see blessings sometimes, part of this too, this this whole experience, at times, I know we are washed and we are clothed with Christ when we come to Christ. And in Romans, it says we are baptized into his death and raised yeah. to newness of life. And, and we are new creatures. And when God looks at us, he no longer sees us and our sin, but he sees Jesus Christ. Right. But there are moments, ladies, when God lifts the veil, I think, and I see myself and who I would be without him. And that was one of those moments. And all I thought about in that moment, and this is how twisted Satan can come in and twist our thoughts, was I don't want to upset them with where I am because I know I can get it done. I just need to get through and, you know, I need to go to Israel and get back and blah, 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 blah. So I thought, I don't want to make them feel badly and I don't want to upset everything. So I'll just do this. (laughs) And, And he is such, that's why he is called the father of lies. And when we lie, in that split moment, we are following his lead. Right. And right. So now a lot of people say, you know, how did you have the courage to say, I'm not going to change anything in this book. I will not rewrite history. Oh, literally for the love of God, literally he has taken me this last year and he has drilled and engraved truth on my heart to tell the truth, to tell the truth. Do not stray from the truth. He says, I am the way and the truth and the life, not a truth, not a way, not a life, the, the truth. So when that came to me, part of me, I was, it, 
it was a balancing in that moment because I thought, okay, I just have a, a great admiration, um, esteem for historians and for the history, for the real history. And yet, you know, I don't know everything. So you think, okay, <laughs> let's let's look through this. Let's let's sift it, you know, as like the wheat from the chaff. But once we got done, I thought this would take the heart of the truth of the story and the truth of this woman, this character who is based, her name is Tempe, based on the real cook, the real um, housekeeper who worked for the McGavicks, who was a slave most of her life, who was 1866, was now a freed woman. And yes, she had been emancipated, but this is roughly, you know, in, eight, in January of 1866, we're talking six to seven months after the Civil War. Yes, the Emancipation Proclamation was signed in 1863 and all that. This woman was still very much enslaved, very much enslaved. And to say that she could strike out and just do this and go looking for this thing that this part of the plot of the book that I don't want to give away, it was not realistic. And, you know, and they were saying it would make it a more exciting book. And I thought, you know, perhaps in some ways, but it wouldn't be truthful. It would not be truthful, and specifically to the history at Carnton. So that's all of that is a long story um, <laughs> to show why, you know, when it when it came to would you change the history in this story and change these things, it was not a hard decision because God had already been dealing with me right. on a personal level on speaking truth and telling the truth. And I'll tell you what, there have been countless times since socially where you're Someone said recently, well, that's not, you know, if you say you have another appointment and you don't really have another appointment, you just don't need to go. That's that's not really a lie. <laughs> yeah, that, that's actually what you just said right there. Actually, the definition, what, you're, what you say is you don't have is you're saying you do have. Yeah. That is a lie. And I, again, yes, we want to spare other people's feelings and all that, but there is a way just to be a, a more truthful person. Just say, listen, I would love to come. I have had a killer of a week and yeah. I love dearly. Let's get coffee in the next month or so, but I just cannot, I don't have the bandwidth for that right yeah. now. Yeah. So sorry. You know, and that just, and then, and I, and what I found was Everyone has understood as far as those social things that you try to skirt by, right. and often you skate very close to quote unquote non-truth, <laughs> you know, as we call it, we like to dress up what we do. So anyway, but yeah, I just, I find it is freeing. It is so freeing. Move on now to the publishing and all that as far as the readers. And I loved what you said, Erin, about how do you 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 know you're you're walking kind of a a balance with tr being true to history being true to your readers wanting to please your your publisher mm -hmm. um and I did want to please them I just found out very quickly when you're at the throne of Christ and you truly feel like okay here are your choices you be true to what God has called you to do or you do this I think for all of us the or you lost me at or yeah. I, yeah. You lost me at or. <laughs> the or is not the or is not a choice any anymore, you know? And these last few months, so you know, indie pubbing has it was actually kind of fun. Yes, it was insane <laughs> at moments. And I ended up um I tried to learn Photoshop, which <laughs> which that has a steep learning curve. Right. Um to, you know, to fix the covers and stuff, because the covers needed some zhuzhing, as we say. 
Um, so I couldn't do that. So I hired that out. And I'm so grateful to um, Angie Hunt and to Ken Rainey, who came to my rescue and helped me <laughs> helped with those covers. And so I did hire that out. And then everything else, you know, it really came together. And it was a fun experience. And the book, Thank You to Readers, it was um, it was number one in American historical, I believe, and American historical romance, religious historical moments, and Christian historical romance. So, mm. uh, so, but that's, you know, again, that's a God thing. And those are readers who came alongside and um, who help, are helping, you know, to promote the book even now with word of mouth. I got to tell you, I've never been so grateful for word mm. of mouth because no longer is there a publicist behind you. But as I've learned and as I, I shared um, with y'all just a little bit ago before we came on is God is the best publicist. Right. He really, really is. Right. And let's let's be clear here for a minute too. We want to be clear. Publishers have the right to publish what they see fit to publish. Absolutely. You know, they so they they did not... They they have the right. Let's just put it that way. And and Tammy, do. you have the right to follow your heart in what you feel is true. And also, let's be clear, they're not they weren't asking you to be like, oh, you know, let's change this, you know, fictional fact from red red to orange. You know, we're not talking about that. We're talking about they wanted you to say something, create something in history that wasn't true for history. So right. right. Those Hang circumstances, on. yeah. Hang on a minute. I do want to say somebody something as someone who has worked in a number of publishing houses. Yeah, I do. Yeah, sure. They do not have the right to ask you to rewrite history. Right. I don't care what well, I don't care what their reason is. I don't mm-hmm. care if they say that it's going to sell better. They do not have the right to ask you, especially as a believer, as a Christian author, to lie. Right. And that that is something that I believe they will be held accountable for. And that that was a huge misstep on their part. Well, and Karen, you know, since you're part of the Coeur d'Alene group, which I said, right. which I shared extensively, which, again, I have not shared extensively, you know, publicly about, you know, the letters that were, right. you know, you know right. the detailed letters, which I won't because I just... I really, my my whole goal is not is is not to paint them in a horrible light. They had the right to they have the right to not publish the book. Right, they right. that's what I'm right saying. To, they have the right to change their mind and say, you know, we've changed our minds. That's why you have contracts, right. and that's why you have attorneys <laughs> to work out <laughs> all of those contracts. Right, um, exactly. So, but but anyway, and 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 also one more thing is I can almost guarantee you. They did not believe what they were asking me to do would have been um, would have been a lie. They thought it would have been giving it depth or a different spin. But to me, I could not do that because that would not be truthful to the history that I know happened at Carnton in 1866. That would not have happened there. It would not, especially with a 74-year-old woman. So I just don't want it to say like, you know, like they're, they're over here just making up lies. Not at all. And I still, you know, when I, my publisher... Well, we won't see each other at the Christie's this year or whatever we see each other. <laughs> well, I will hug. I will not shoot daggers across the room because, you know, guys, we are brothers and sisters in Christ. And that bond goes beyond this one. Was it uncomfortable? Yeah. Was it was it pleasant? Um, no. But, you know, God had it from start to finish. And I'm just very, very grateful for the world that we live in now that does enable it. An author to you know to indie pub 
I really, really am grateful for that. So, and not that, you know, someone asked me today, so are you going to do this indie pub now and never publish with another publisher? I'm not saying that either. I just, you know, but for these two books, I just need to go ahead and do those definitely, you know, with an indie pub and just, which is, which is Fountain Creek Press, which is my own press. And other people have asked, so are you taking books to publish? No, no. (laughs) (laughs) I can barely write mine. (laughs) No, but if you need an imprint that is publishing, you know, a smaller imprint, write me through my website and I can point you to some really, really good ones. But, uh, but that is not what this press is for. So I feel like your whole story is showing that not only, though, do we do missteps personally, but companies misstep. Yeah. And, you know, for writers out there who may be involved, you know, with a company and have, have a publishing company, it, it might all go great. Or one or both of you might make a misstep. And that's just people and learning how to deal with it in Mm -hmm. in grace. I love your attitude, Tammy. I love the way that you are able to forgive and move ahead and still understand that, that these people are brothers and sisters in Christ. Well, you and do to, have to be you do have yeah. to be sure as a writer though that you don't publish at all costs. Right. I mean, it was hard for you as someone who was established, who was a lead author. That was very difficult. But for someone who's just starting out, if the publisher comes to them and says, sure, we want to do your book, but you have to make these changes. And you know, as the writer, that that's the wrong thing to do mm-hmm. from an integrity standpoint, maybe mm-hmm. from a history standpoint, like was the case with you. Mm-hmm. We have to remember that God is the one in control of our publishing career, not the publisher, Amen. not even us. And whatever we do has to be steeped in prayer and steeped in his integrity and truth. Mm -hmm. And if you try to fudge that so that you can have a publisher and be a published writer, that's not a career that God is going to be able to bless. No, I totally, I totally agree. And something about that, Karen, that has resonated with me for years is to run the race that God has set before me, you know, in Hebrews um, 12 and not the race, you know, I, and I've often pictured this, especially because we know a lot of writers and we are writers and and you start looking over here and I think, okay, especially these younger writers coming up and they're just a dang cute. They're just (laughs) cute and they're just a perky, you know, and I just, and sometimes I find myself looking, looking down the lane and oh, lane four. Oh, she's so cute. She's wearing the cutest little yoga pants and her little running pants. And she's just so cute. And she's just hurtling just whoo, whoo, over those hurdles and just having a, and just having a great time. And I'm thinking, yeah, I fell on that first hurdle about 10 years ago. (laughs) I'm thinking, holy cow, she's just zooming. But you know what? We need to be careful. And of course, the rest of that verse is keep your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith. We, we need to cheer for each other. Yes. Um, absolutely. But keep your eyes on Christ. Don't start comparing my track and, and the race that God has me on with the cute little blonde in lane four or the, you know, or, or, or even, uh, you know, the, the writer who is 10 years, my senior, who's riding over here, who's in, who's in the lane next to me or two over. Right, right. Don't compare, run the race that God has set before me. And then something, Aaron, something that you said is Joe and I learned this long ago. My husband and I, um, early in our marriage, when we were working for a, for a Christian university, we learned very early on that businesses 
can never be Christian. Right. There right. are no such things as Christian businesses. Right. People are Christians. The Holy Spirit inhabits people, not businesses. And I think it's very important knowing, going in, and just having a clear understanding of what this partnership certainly with a publisher is, but with any business, but especially with publishing, um, publishing is is a business and right. you need to look at it as a business. Yes, right. I hope I hope we're family and we're part of the same publishing family. But the fact of the matter is, is if my numbers dip and if I am not a profitable margin for them, right. they're going to kindly and lovingly <laughs> lead me to the door. Right. That's right. Because, I mean, seriously, because it is a business, you right. know, and yes, ministry for sure it's a ministry absolutely it is but it's also a business and then you know hold on we're out of time (laughs) the time has gone by so fast fast. (laughs) (laughs) i know that you have so many other things to share but so let's do it this way what's the last thought that you want to leave with our listeners Hmm. a last thought to leave is part of an Aaron. what you said was what a what an attitude of forgiveness you know, that was God that has developed. That is nothing from Tamara Alexander. That is God. And I tell you, he deepened my love for his word over this past year. He mm-hmm. gave me a thirst for his word. And um, we recently moved um, and are in a different house. And it's got a lovely view. I get up in the morning at five o'clock. And for the first hour and a half, I just steep myself in his word. And that he was prepping me. He knew all along. And that's the difference. Mm. Amen. Amen. So we never have to worry about what's going to come in the future. We never have to worry about what we're going to do as long as we keep our eyes on Christ. Amen. 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 Thanks for joining us today. You can find previous episodes and more resources at rightfromthedeep.com. And I bet you know someone who needs this podcast, so please share it with them. So until next time, embrace the deep. Your writing and your life will never be the same. Mm.